Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chanelone. As you all may know, I am the communications intern for Save a Girl, Save a World, and this is my official installment for them for the month of December. And especially during this month, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And you know, with a lot of things going on, a lot of suicide rates going up, I really think that it's important to talk about these things and, you know, just letting people know that they're safe and that they're here to stay and that, you know, they're welcome everywhere and that we have so much love and so much more to give them during this month. So I hope you all enjoy. Let's go on over to Jade Mathis. But how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me. I'm excited. I love when I have interviewers that are young and bright and ambitious and beautiful. So I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. I think I, I hope I check up all those boxes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I want to go ahead and break the ice just saying, you know, like you were diagnosed with depression while you were in college. And uh, I just want to know, like, how did that start with you? Like, you know, you said you started feeling different in like your younger years when you were like experiencing like the first kind of stages of depression. And like, how did that did that all go down for you? Um, yeah, so I was 19 years old, um, my junior year in college in Atlanta, Georgia, and I just started to notice that I was sleeping most of the day. I was always in the house, like in the dark, laying on the couch. Like I didn't have the capacity to really get up and do anything, and my grades were starting to suffer. Um, so I just eventually told my dad, like, something's not right. And I haven't always felt this way. This has been kind of recently, but I, I don't know what it is. And he said that I think you should go see a psychologist. And then I went the next week to see a psychologist. And that's when she diagnosed me with clinical depression, ADHD, and a learning disorder. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, like uh, with your dad, uh, Judge Greg Mathis, if you all know who he is, like, I'm so glad that he was able to be open about that and be like, you know, like, okay, maybe we can figure this out. Let's go to a psychologist, let's go to a therapist, you know, really opening the door because a lot of kids don't have that opportunity because, you know, their parents are like, um, no, you're fine. Or, you know, suck it up. Like, you know, just stuff like that. And honestly, they were just saying that because maybe they've been feeling the same way. Maybe their parents treated them that like that. And they're like, oh, easy fix. It's fine. And most of the time, like your situation, a lot of other student situations, that's not the case. Uh, but again, I'm glad we were able to get it all together. You know, you were able to go get that diagnosis and figure it out. Um, so like you are an attorney now, like hallelujah. Like um, I remember when I met you at the Power of Dreams 2.0 uh, Save a Girl, Save a World co- um, conference back in uh, November. And your story just like moved me so much because I saw a lot of like how I felt in your story. And just like, you know, saying like, this doesn't feel right. Like you said, like being in bed was like my only like sense of security some days. And it like, it just felt like that some days. So I really just felt resonated with your story. So why do you think the uh, stigma concerning mental health is so uh, prevalent and still can carries on today, especially in the African-American community? So I think there's a historical nature to it as well. One being in a lot of our households, you know, growing up that you had that that crazy uncle that always stayed in the room or a lot of us are Christians, as am I. And there is a belief there that a lot of times mental illness and mental health is a spirit and something that you can pray away. So I just think it's something that is generations after generations. And it's been like that for so many generations that it's just been trickled down and it's carried down. And I, a, a part of me thinks that it's subconscious that mm-hmm. we don't even understand that that's the narrative that we're building for our culture and our family, but that's where our mothers taught us, grandmothers and, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. So I think a lot of it is generational. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, like growing up and I'm like, 
but I'm just like, don't feel well. Like I just, it's like, I'm not sick. I'm not, you know, upset about something. It's just like, I have like this weird energy about me. And she's like, well, you know, God never put us here to make, let us feel that way. And I'm like, well, of course not. So, you know, like praying about it, you know, like, of course it'll like do something and, you know, like we're speaking to God about how I feel and everything like that. But I really feel like some action should be taken. And like, after all this time of like feeling this way, like my, I was talking to my grandma about it. Cause I really, um, we connect with each other on this like sort of what uh level and um like last summer we finally got into like having me see a therapist and like it just really helped me to develop you know like my feelings because like growing up a, a perfectionist and a people pleaser I was just like no no I'm gonna keep this to myself it's fine <laughs> like I don't really see the need in like explaining how I feel so you know I'm trying to get better at that every day because it's like you know you're not you speaking about how you feel doesn't make you feel like a burden it's simply because you just need others to know and just like be open about it and yeah, you know and our guard post sometimes too so I start noticing when I don't feel well or my mood is shifting it's kind of an indication to me that something is wrong and I need to look into it so I think that it's good that you've learned to and other people learn to embrace their their feelings because a lot of times that is an alert or you know a red light as to something that needs to be looked into further mm-hmm, absolutely uh, so I want to know what the resilient resilient gem is, the j.e.m, and uh, and what the message is and what you've been sharing with all of your audiences. So my full name is Jade Ellis Mathis. So those are my initials. And when I was trying to think of a name that I wanted to call myself for my public speaking name and name my LLC, I said, well, what defines me? And I said, when I think about my full story and everything that I've been through and everything that I continue to do, one word I would use to define myself is resilient. And same thing. I always do that. Mm-hmm. It's resilient. Mm-hmm. And I said, but what could be savvy with resilience? And you couldn't, it couldn't be that long for your LLC. And I said, well, I don't want to put the resilient Jade. And I said, how about I use my initials? And then Jim would be a play on an actual gym. So, you know, my logo is an actual gym, a green gym, which is the Jade color of green. And then I have the resilient in front. So uh, that's my speaking name as well. So when I travel around, I speak, that's the name of my organization as well. So the resilient gym is just me as an entity, but it's, it's the work that I do and the services that I offer as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the green jade, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like in a world where like a lot of people don't get a lot of second chances um, and you want to fall into a career where people could get second chances. I think, you know, being an attorney is one of the best ways to do that. So why did you want to fall into this? And like, I want to talk about your whole story about, you know, your LSAT and like, just like your entire journey. So why, why an attorney? So I think, and I, I honestly want to be a news reporter prior to my diagnosis, but after my diagnosis, I had a shift and I said, I want to go into a field which traditionally only smart people enter. And I sucked at math. So being a doctor was an option, but um, I wanted to make a difference as well. And I said, being a lawyer would give me the capacity to be more hands-on with people. And because I felt like I was given a second chance after my diagnosis and after I went really, really low and was almost academically dismissed from school and, you know, had a hard time recuperating, I felt like life gave me a second chance. So Mm -hmm. I said, I want to be in a position where I can give second chances to other people who are hurting and probably can't speak on behalf of themselves. And I feel like an attorney was that that perfect career choice. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, like, uh, like struggling with your like depression and just like trying to get through that, like, 
what did you have some days where you know like giving up felt like the only option I actually still have those days I still have those days um and I probably have them maybe a few times a year yeah I've, I've had them you know since before my diagnosis during after my diagnosis now so I still have those days mm-hmm. how do you get out of those like moves where you know because like I've definitely as like a business owner just like have had those days like you know I think it's time to pack it up you know like <laughs> what I don't want life anymore I am not (laughs) right so what I did um is I had to ingrain in myself that a bad day does not equate a bad life so I started telling myself that so when I wouldn't when I don't feel well I would say you don't feel well but that doesn't mean that you aren't well altogether or that your life isn't well or does it that it doesn't have any meaning so because you don't feel well today you sit it out and you try again tomorrow but you don't stop so as soon as i let myself say no 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 this is a bad day not a bad life i had to do the difference even if it could be a bad week or a bad month but it doesn't mean it's a bad life so when i change when i when i adopted that notion it changed my mindset to say I'll try again tomorrow Mm -hmm. I love that and you know like in those days you're like you know like when you're just laying in bed and you're just like tomorrow seems like a big black hole or like even like the next five minutes does and it's just like something that I really appreciated that I learned um Instagram is good for some things sometimes it's good for not a lot of things but um I saw this one quote and it was like if you, you can give yourself, like, if you're only feeling like 10% of yourself that day, like if you only want to give 10% of energy, like be proud of yourself for giving a hundred percent of that 10%. And, you know, like on my worst days, I was like, this is as much as I can give. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, especially like at the beginning of November, like college applications, like, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like school was just beating my behind. I'm like, that's it. I'm I think I'm going to close this out. I'm going to be a uh, high school dropout. Um, Thank you all for your time. Um, That's honestly how I felt. And, you know, like I took the break to uh, really like my Thanksgiving break to really like think and resonate and just be like in like a calm space because as crazy as my life is like traveling, going to school, like my podcast, like it just became all too much. And I took a hiatus from my podcast for a little while and probably the best decision I made for myself. Yep. I always and, tell people break, take a break before you break. Mm-hmm. I, and like, it's, and God will show me, like, he will show me. He'll be like, mm. yeah. And I, you know, we always believe like, you know, God will never give us something that we can't handle, but my goodness, it, it gets close. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It, it really tears sometimes when you are like, yeah, God, I know. Yeah. This, this is probably about it. God, I don't yeah. think I, you can stop right now before mm-hmm. I have a breakdown. You should stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've handled enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, but, and then when we come to these better days where, you know, like when we think back and we're like, yep. What if I would have told back. yeah. What if I would have gave up? I wouldn't be where I'm at now. This mission wouldn't be accomplished. If I would have let that one day take me out, I wouldn't be right here to enjoy this. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. well thank you so much jade mathis for joining me thus far and thank you to my listeners for joining i hope you guys have your notes out and you're like taking notes about all the inspirational things she's speaking about um but we'll be right back after this break hey 
Hey, this is Sydney Chandler Lynette, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Could we talk about uh, your cancer scare? Yes. So coincidentally, when after a, a week after I found out I felt the bar exam for the fifth time, before I could even grieve it, mm-hmm. the doctor found a lump in my throat and I went to a specialist and they said that it was on my, um, my thyroid. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the lump on your thyroid can be cancerous. Mm-hmm. So I literally was preparing to take the bar exam for the sixth time and going to biopsy appointments, getting blood drawn and all these different things and getting poked in my neck. And Mm -hmm. it was actually so for two months while I was studying for the bar exam for the sixth time, working full time as a, a law clerk, a paralegal. I was driving to an hour away to a specialist hospital, John Hopkins, and having biopsies that were coming black inconclusive. So mm-hmm. I was dealing with that the entire time for two months while I was studying. And after um, after the exam, and it coincidentally as well, I scheduled a surgery. They, they wanted to remove it because they said the lump is so large that the thyroid isn't picking up on what's behind it. And we want to make sure it's not cancer behind it. So we're going to have to take some of it out. Mm-hmm. So I, that was two months later and I received my bar exam results on Monday and my schedule, my surgery was already scheduled for Tuesday. So I went in, the nurse said, I've never seen anyone that's happy to be uh, having surgery. And my mom said, she just found out yesterday she's going to be a lawyer finally. So yeah. that is coincidentally the time that I passed is when I had to worry about that. And I wasn't even 30. I think I was like 29. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine like, you know, your thyroid is something serious. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like you're having these scares and it's just like, these results are coming back like inconclusive because like you already, there's already all this stuff going on in your mind. You know, like I think having depression is something like one of the most unpredictable, unpredictable mental illnesses that you can have. So something that comes along that's physical and just as unpredictable <laughs> and add that, adding that to the sauce, uh, not the best, but look where you are. Yes. Look where you are. And that was when I actually thought that I was going to check out. And I said, God, if I don't pass this exam this time, I'm not doing this again. And I don't know if I'm going to believe in you. Now, I might be a Muslim or something or a Buddhist and believe in something else. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you exist, if you can watch me go through all of this uh, for the sixth time and I still come out and I fail. And that mm-hmm. is 
I, he knew that I could not take anymore. And, and that's when I passed. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like in these moments where like we get reminded of Job and how he had everything taken, everything. Like we say like, oh yes, we will drop dead for God like right now, but would we? And you know, like it's in these moments where we really get tested, like, okay, this is my faith in God. Yep. And, you know, like it's in these moments where it's just like, okay, um, I'm not sure if you're really there. Um, did you ever have any moments like either like in college or any other time in your life where you were really asking God for a sign? Like, is this how I should continue? Or like, should I stop? Like, did you have any moments like that? So yeah, during, well, during that time, because I had to take the bar exam, I mean, the LSAT, the law school admissions exam three times before I got in law school, but I still kind of felt like it was, a that was still my purpose to mission in life. But mm-hmm. when it started to get to the bar exam and it was probably like the fourth time after I failed, I was like, eh, maybe I should use this journalism degree. This, this, this may not be for me. This, this really is probably not for me. It might not yeah. be. So, yeah. yeah. I've definitely had those moments in. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a sub bar question because of my 18 year old mind and thinking of career choices. Like, is there like a stopping point for you to take a bar exam? Like, is that it? Or you in some states, yeah, in some states, but in the state I took it in the past at Maryland, you can take it how many ever times you want. Yeah. Yep. You okay. can take it to you pass it. But like Texas, I think it's like five times or something like that. But in Maryland, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My cousin, she actually just passed it um, in New York. So she can be a lawyer anywhere. I'm oh, sure. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We love that. <laughs> Great. Um, so, you know, like as like, you know, suicide rates are growing, especially in teens and young adults. Um, and it's unfortunately becoming too familiar with us. Um, what have you done in the past or what advice could you give to someone struggling with these thoughts um, to like continue and to like push through like the difficult times? I always encourage, because I do a lot of speaking for colleges and universities, for people who are around the age I was when I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell them, you have got to reach out and talk to someone and tell someone. Someone can't help you if you don't tell them. There's resources available, there's therapy, there's medication, but the only reason, it, taking your life is not the, and I know how it feels. I've been very low sometimes. Sometimes depression is so relentless that you're like, I would rather not be alive than feel this pain every single day that I cannot get rid of. But I tell people there are resources and other things. You just have to tell an adult and give them the opportunity. Tell a teacher, tell an aunt, tell someone at church, if you don't feel comfortable telling a family member, but at least tell someone and give them an opportunity to get you help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm curious to know, like, do you think that, you know, talking openly about your story and just like, uh, just like everything that you've been through, like, do you find that as like a way of healing for you? Yes, I do. I find it as a way of ministry, mm-hmm. actually, and like service. So before I started sharing my story full time, I would serve at, you know, det- detention facilities. I would serve at uh, shelters and, and those type of things. And I found that to be therapeutic. So when I started speaking full-time and sharing my story, I said, I just look at this as a way of ministry and another way of, of serving. And it was actually healing to me too, to see, you know, people come up to me after and just say, I really needed to hear this because I don't care about the, the size of the audience. If I can inspire one person or have one person understand that it's okay, then that's what I aim to do. And yeah, it, it's very healing for me. Mm-hmm. I was on side, sad days and depressed days uh, that I still have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I was going to say, you kind of uh, 
backed it up a little bit on how like what is the message that you want to portray like when you're going out and traveling to these places like specifically to the power of dreams uh, conference that we were both at what was the message that you would want people to leave with so i have two messages my overall is always it's okay not to be okay all of the time I am not okay. If you if, if I don't feel okay right now, it's okay to sit in those feelings and say, this hurts, this sucks. I don't feel good. As long as you don't say, stay there, but it's okay to just, it's okay if you don't feel good. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And the other one is that resilience, right? Overcoming, we all have obstacles. Mine just happens to be mental health. Mine's happened to be a different battle, but everyone has that it. And whatever that it is, you can overcome it, like be resilient and overcome it and fight through adversity. So it's okay not to be okay all the time and just never give up. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> um, and, you know, like as we, we are continuing to talk about, like, you know, people who are suffering with these uh, mental illnesses, like how can either myself or anyone else listening, you know, be a better friend to someone who is struggling with this kind of stuff. Because like, we can all be like, you know, reach out if you need something or like, I'm here if you need it. But I've had very few people in my life who have actually reached out and they're like, what do you need? Do you need this? Like, can I do something? Or like, they'll, sh actually, they'll physically show up and be like, we're going to do this. Like, I'm going to take you out. And it's probably like one of the best feelings ever. I remember I was, some old friend reached out to me and he was like, how are you Sydney? I was like, um, I'm okay. And I'm someone who struggles with like seasonal depression. So from the time of like November to like the beginning of March, I'm going through it. So mm -hmm. I think it was like during that time, I'm like, I'm okay. And they're like, okay, how are you really? And I was like, you know, um, and like, I really, I really like broke it down and they're like, well, and then like, they talked to me and, you know, I started to feel a little bit better and stuff like that. Um, but I want to know, did you have any advice for either myself or anyone else who would want to be like a better and more strong and supportive friend for someone else who may be going through like a mental health uh, illness? So I am queen of disappearing when I'm in a depressed phase and I don't feel well and ignoring everything. So I actually started telling my friends and telling people, you know, if you text me and I, like more tw twice or something, you don't get an answer from me. You know, you should probably, it's okay to come show up at my door and, and pull me out because I'm probably not doing well. Even if you send a text that says, Hey, I'm just here for you. Um, not sure. Like I actually received two texts today after, you know, the suicide um, of the young man that's circulating online, DJ or the dancer, I think it was a dancer Twitch, but, um, and I appreciated those people. And I just said, thank you for that. Like, yeah, it did affect me. And, and thank you for that. So just being mindful, if you know, someone always suffers and something's going on that could probably, you know, affect them mentally. I think just even that message, they didn't say, call me, I'm gonna check on you. You sometimes you don't even want to talk. They just said, thinking about you, praying about praying for you. Let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are the friends that like, you really appreciate. Um, and especially on days like today, uh, for my listeners who don't know, um, I was in a car accident and the last thing I expected to go through today, you know, like I turned 18 two weeks ago, I'm supposed to be celebrating it tomorrow. And, you know, like I'm excited. There's supposed to be fun things happening between today and tomorrow. And so like, one, I lost my car Two, I'm like, you know, I'm going through the whole like uh, realistic thinking and logical thinking like okay I have five siblings like I don't have a job besides like my podcast and it's just like how can what can I do to help and besides like feeling guilty like and you know like without seeing the thing like oh my gosh I'm alive firstly mm -hmm. um and you know like 
there was like three cards of cars involved. Um, and thankfully I don't think anyone else is seriously injured. Um, but it's just like, I've had people text me and like, are you okay? Like what's going on? Like I even had a teacher like email me and I was like, it, it's the people that show up that truly care and that do show up is what I need to say. It's just like, I think it, it definitely did made me make me feel better. You know, um, I'm going to be in a very, kind of melancholy calling space for like a little while um, just because there's like things about the situation that I can't really change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. It's like the people who actually show up yeah. and show you that they care. So yeah, <laughs> that was kind of sad note to end the podcast on, but I can try and turn around in a second. But um, what is, do you think the best advice you've ever received? Either it could be like uh, mental health based, um, like anything like career based, like what is the best advice you think you have received to kind of keep yourself motivated? Oh, Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I think one of the things is that we're all created for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to find out what that purpose is. And then you walk in that purpose and everybody purpose looks different. And life is a journey, not a destination. Take your time, grace yourself. I always tell people, give yourself grace and learn that life is a journey, not a destination. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jade, for joining me. Before I let you go, could you uh, inform my listeners how they can reach and follow you? Absolutely. I am on IG, Instagram at Jade Mathis Official. That's Jade Mathis Official. I am on Facebook as Jade Mathis. And if you want to, I'm on LinkedIn as Jade Mathis. If you want to shoot me an email, you can email info at jademathis.com, info at jademathis.com. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Jade. This is perfect timing. Thank you all. Hey, Jay, stay with us.